0: This is Emmanuel Today, taking steps toward God's possible in your life. It's now time for you to sit back and prepare for insights on your walk with Christ. Let's join today's message right now. All right, all right, all right. It's so good to be together as a church again today. Worshiping together in uh, Spring Lake Park, Maple Grove, Elk River, and those are Emmanuel at home. Man, we get to all worship the Lord together. How many know that God is worthy of our praise? And good things are around the corner, and I'm so excited about all the good things that are happening. Sometimes we only see the bad news, but I want you to know there's good things happening in the world around us today. One of the best things in my life is yesterday, my parents had their celebrated their 50th wedding anniversary and uh, so grateful for my parents and uh, their investment the model that they're providing for Jody and I and my kids that you can have a lifetime of loving one another and still serving Jesus and uh, mom and dad I love you so much and I'm thankful for you in my story and not only is it happening in my parents life but I think good things are around the corner for all of us when we trust in Jesus with our whole lives Anything is truly possible. If I haven't met you before, my name is Nate, and I'm grateful that you'd be with us today here in church. And uh, I want to take you into what is the third part of a series that we're in that's called Moving Mountains. Moving Mountains, and we've been talking about the power of prayer. The title of today's message is The Symphony of Prayer. You know, prayer, Jesus said that you can say to this mountain, Be moved, and it will be moved that we can grow in our prayer life in such a way is that the obstacles and the mountains of our life can be moved. So you might have a mountain in your story of, of pain in your family relationships and Jesus can move through you in your prayer life. You can see things move that you wouldn't otherwise. And, and that could be true of the finances and other things that we encounter There are mountains in our life. And even in a grander scale, when you look at the world that's around us and it seems so overwhelming, We can trust that God alone can move the mountains that we can't move. And so there's power in that. And one of the most amazing, powerful prayers that Jesus describes is is a type of prayer that is not alone. I want you to turn with me to Matthew chapter 18. In Matthew chapter 18, whether you're in the paper Bible or you're catching on the Emmanuel MN app or um, you're electronic uh, using the Bible app or something like that, Uh, This is a powerful statement Jesus makes that if we listen to it and we apply it to our lives, it can really change our story and can change our future. Matthew 18, verse 18 says this, I tell you the truth, Jesus says, whatever you forbid on earth will be forbidden in heaven. And whatever you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven. I also tell you this, if two of you agree here on earth concerning anything you ask, my Father in heaven will do it for you. For where two or three gather together as my followers, I am there among them. This is powerful, but I want you to catch when two or three agree, something happens. There's a difference in this type of prayer. Uh, about three months ago when the, the whole COVID pandemic stay-at-home order started, um, I remember we were It was a kind of early on in the stages of it and uh, I was hearing about the news and stuff and everything and uh, I was nervous because I don't have a spleen. The spleen's a part of your body that helps filter out the blood and so I'm on kind of the risky list or whatever they call it, uh, vulnerable and uh, so I was nervous a little bit about it. I didn't talk about it to anybody and I didn't share it with anybody and uh, early on in that time period uh, I, I noticed I was I, I was catching a fever and I was like, uh-oh. And I started getting worried because all of the news was just talking about if you have a fever over a certain number of days and there were different symptoms that were coming up for the COVID thing. And so I was like, oh man. So immediately when I saw that I had a fever, I quarantined myself in our basement. And I was like, I'm not gonna, if I have it, I'm not gonna let anybody catch it and anything else. And I, I need to deal with it. I remember I, I was downing gallons of water, uh, just trying to wash anything that was in my body through me. And, and uh, Jody would bring down food over a three-day period. She'd bring down food to the landing to our basement, and she'd leave it there and go upstairs. And then I would come up and get the food and and uh, bring it down. I was alone, and uh, and uh, I watched a lot of Netflix. I, I, I was I was like I was watching the news. I was reading, uh, but I have to tell you, when I watched the news, it just kind of upped my fear and my worry. And and as I was watching it, I started thinking about worries about what about my family if I catch it and I died and what is gonna happen? And, and then, then I started thinking about well what happens to the church if I died and what would the church do? And I mean, I had all kinds of those kind of worries. And uh, early on uh, in, in that first 24-hour period, the fever had been going up and down and it was spiking up and down. And I'm like, man, it's not getting better, it's not going away. And I texted my, one of my best friends, Lee Cummings, who's a pastor out in, out in Michigan. He's spoken at Emmanuel before. And I said, Lee, I'm a little bit worried. It was the first person I ever said that out loud to. I said, I got this fever and I don't know what's going on. And he said, well, I'll be praying with you. And though we were not in the same place, we were in agreement. And he was praying in Michigan while I was praying in Minnesota. And uh, about an hour later, he texted me. He said, bro, I think you need to pray in the spirit right now. He said, drop whatever you're doing and pray in the spirit. And so he was doing that in Michigan, and I was doing that in Minnesota. And I just started praying. And I'm telling you, I was walking and pacing in my basement. I was praying in the spirit. And as I did, something broke. I think there was a spiritual attack against me. I think there was more than just the physical news of a a virus. I think the spirit of darkness was trying to rob my soul and, and rob me of faith, and it was like dropping me down. And something happened as I was praying, and I know Lee was praying at the same time in agreement, and that agreement in prayer, Jesus stepped into my basement, and the fever broke. So it only went 24 hours. It didn't go multiple days. I didn't end up having all of the issues that I could have had because Two or three gathered together in prayer. It is powerful. And there is something about unity. When you look at what's going on, unity brings Jesus into our midst. Unity does. When we're praying together in unity, not uniformity, we are not all the same. And it's interesting to note that the meaning of the word agree used by Jesus is the Greek word symphono. It is the word from which we get our English word symphony. Symphony. A symphony orchestra, perhaps you're familiar with it, Beethoven's number three symphony, the thrilling and electrifying piece of music originally dedicated to Napoleon, who was celebrating the revolutionary spirit sweeping Europe, is known as met by many as the greatest symphony of all time um, by one of the world's greatest conductors. A master composer like Beethoven writes a work that utilizes melody, harmony, and rhythm. And there are many different instruments that are playing. The tuba sounds different than the clarinet, and the saxophone is different, and the strings are different from all of them. And they all play their own parts. And if all you heard was just one section of music by itself, it actually would not sound beautiful. But the beauty of the composer is, when they take everybody together, it is only when the entire symphony is played out together that the genius of the composer Shines through. And I want you to hear this as it relates to the church and the many different parts of the church. We're not all the same, but Jesus' vision of the church is that we are drawn together from many different backgrounds, viewpoints, and gifts to be a symphonic church. So no matter where your background is, no matter what you're thinking about, I want you to recognize God has drawn us all together from different parts of society. And how many know in this day and hour that lots of people have lots of different opinions? And Jesus draws us all from our various opinions into the church. And only when we submit to what the conductor is calling us to do, playing our part, will we hear the good music? Will there be a mountain moved? in our prayer life when we learn to let our part be our part. Our identity is our identity, but we submit it to the music and the conductor and where they're leading us, and together God makes beautiful music. And harmony is together asking for the same thing. Together asking for the same thing. And I want to ask, uh, I asked Pastor JC and Jonathan to stick around today. Um, and uh, one of the things about, uh, uh, differences in our stories, different age categories, different backgrounds. we got Milwaukee here. We've got Brooklyn Park here. We've got different family. You, you probably cook different food, different opinions. If we were to go on our social media accounts, there might be some differences of opinion. So there's differences in us. But what Jesus is describing is we're not just praying alone in agreement. To be in agreement means we're coming together, bringing who we are, and that Jesus uses us to be one body. And somehow in our prayer life, if we're in agreement with Jesus, he's there, a mountain can be moved. It's a bit like, I hope football comes back this fall, by the way, but it's a bit like when on a football field, when teams will huddle up, and the quarterback will get down, and will describe the play that they want to run, And they'll say this, they'll say break, and they'll go up to the line of scrimmage, and all 11 players will all run different routes and different assignments, but it's all the same play. To be in agreement in prayer is to be on the same page about the same thing. Not just doing your own thing and running your own direction, but it's coordinated activity. That's why when we pray together, it's really important for all of us to learn to pray in agreement. You know, when I get in a circle and pray with people, and I don't want one person praying in a whole different direction, another person praying over the top of somebody else. When we pray together and somebody's leading out, I can say amen in agreement. But if I'm praying something different, I'm running a different play. I need to learn to pray together and in agreement. Would you give it up for my helpers today? Thanks, you guys. You can head off. <laughs> really, this is, this is when we're in agreement and we're in harmony We're in rhythm and in concert with each other, and we're moving in the same direction, praying, believing, persevering, interceding for the same thing, asking for our Father. And he's in heaven, and Jesus says, whatever we ask him, he will do it. And when we get together, he gives us the power to both prohibit and allow. It's supernatural power. Something happens when we pray together. Now listen, I'm not just talking about praying alone. Some some of us are used to praying, and by the way, we should pray alone. We should pray to our Father in secret. We should have a lone prayer where the Spirit speaks to us, where we pour out our heart to Him. But there is a different type of prayer that brings a different type of power to situations, and it's together prayer. If you're sitting next to somebody right now, just tell them, hey, I'm in this with you. Just tell them that, I'm in this with you. We're in this together then there's a sense of unity that brings them together. The power of the church is praying in agreement. The power of the church is praying in agreement. The problem in this day and age is there is so much division of thought in 2020, isn't there? People are at odds about everything. It's no longer paper versus plastic. Come on, somebody. People are in disagreement about just a whole bunch of other really serious things. And even within the church, if I were to scan a Facebook timeline, I can go, and I've actually abandoned looking mostly. Uh, I don't go every day anymore. But when I look and I see people in my church literally at opposite ends of the spectrum arguing, we're not all in agreement. What is that doing to our prayer what is that doing to our power in this hour? See, people are at odds with everything, and there's unsettled feelings about relationships, and there's a canceled culture that's erupted that ba- is based on something other than grace and forgiveness that we find in the Scripture. If somebody makes one mistake, they're written off for life, and that simply isn't the gospel of truth. Is it even possible for us to agree? On top of all of that, agree with What? And about what? To move mountains in prayer, what do we have to agree on? I think in 2020, we, we need to move towards agreement, but let's be honest, there are some obstacles in our way. What about for churches? Can we really have the top agreement that qualifies for Jesus showing up? Can we reach that spot where we're on the same page? Will our prayer ever prohibit and allow heavenly things when we're in this type of season? We're experiencing what I think Overall, since the beginning of the year, I think we're experiencing what was promised in the book of Hebrews. I want you to turn with me to Hebrews chapter 12. And there's this great little passage about things to come that I want you to hear as I read it what God is doing in us. It says this in verse 26 When God spoke from Mount Sinai, his voice shook the earth. But now he makes another promise. Once again, I will shake not only the earth but the heavens also. This means that all of creation will be shaken and removed so that only unshakable things will remain. And since we are receiving a kingdom that is unshakable, let us be thankful and please God by worshiping him with holy fear and awe for our God is a devouring fire. Let me ask a question. Have any of you felt the shaking this year? Have you got anything shaken in your life, in your emotions, in your family, in your bank account? COVID steps in and really shakes up the whole globe. Relationships are stretched thin, social and political turmoil around us and financial instability. Hebrews says that God made a promise that he would shake it up. Nothing will escape the shaking that God does. How I many you know nobody on the planet is escaping the shaking right now? But with God, there is a purpose to his shaking. Verse 27 said, this means that all of creation will be shaken and removed so that, everybody says so that, so that only unshakable things will remain. In other words, God is allowing shaking to make it clear that his, what his kingdom is and what his kingdom isn't. He's allowing the shaking because he wants the unshakable to remain. And we're to not be afraid for God is helping us lose the things we don't need in the future. There are some things that are being shaken out that we don't need in the future. I think of some of the good things that I've experienced and noticed and heard about in many families, for example, during this season. With the stay-at-home order, more families spent time together in the last few months than they ever have. Did you know your family relationships are eternal relationships? But sometimes the temporary activity and busyness of life has actually brought shakable things into our lifeline, in our story. And what God has done is he's shaken it up so that only unshakable things remain. Even if that means some pain and some struggle, he wants us to be together. Can I get an amen to that? Now, ask yourself right now, what am I losing in the shaking? We're in a shaking season. What are you losing? Are you losing some stuff you're glad you're losing? I don't know too many people, but some people have lost weight during the season. You're like, thank you, Jesus. Other people are like, I got COVID weight. It's three months of COVID weight. Whatever that means, right? We got something to blame now. Well, you could lose weight, but what are some of the things that you're losing maybe that you need to pay attention to because we don't want to lose the unshakable kingdom of God. We don't want to lose the virtues of the scripture of loving each other, forgiveness, and caring for one another. Ask yourself, am I losing friends? Am I losing love for people? Am I becoming cynical and angry and filled with a critical spirit? Listen, 1 Corinthians 13 says this, three things will last forever. Faith, Hope and love. And the greatest of these is love. Listen, those are the things that we're supposed to keep in. That's the unshakable stuff. But I'll tell you what, some people are letting love get shaken out and they're, they're taking the bait of a fight that they weren't meant to be a part of. Or they're they're finding themselves angry with other people and they don't know why. And it's working its way into marriages. It's working its way into parent-child relationships. It's affecting friendships on on the job. It's even stretched into the church. And I want to challenge you to to think about what have I lost and what should I not lose in a shakable season? If you find yourself judging, Jesus says that that's his job. He's the judge. Have you found a, a sense of loss for, for uh, uh, authority and trusting and coming under authority? You know what? I think in a season like this, people don't trust their leaders. I get it. But let's, not make, let's make sure that that doesn't work its way into not trusting God. When we can't trust our earthly authority, we can't trust our heavenly authority. And somewhere in the middle of us, we've got to consider what's going on in the realm of the heart. You find out what's inside when you go through seasons of shaking. But there is good news. and My point isn't to point out the negative. There is good news about the shaking. God is also downloading an unshakable eternal kingdom right now. Listen, look at verse 28, that same passage in, in Hebrews. Since we are receiving a kingdom... That is unshakable, let us be thankful and please God by worshiping Him with holy fear and awe, for our God is a devouring fire. Since we're receiving, in other words, in the middle of the shaking, there's a download going on. I mean, think about your phone. How many times do you get downloads from from your phone or on your computer? Updates, security uh, software to push out the viruses, you know? We we do that, we get those things, but God says in the middle of the shaking, I'm going to download to you an unshakable kingdom. That, that means the promises right now, even if you're in turmoil and feeling overwhelmed and not certain about anything, let's be honest, it's crazy right now. People are saying all kinds of things, and you don't even know what's up from down and who to trust and where the news is coming from. In the middle of all that craziness, if you take a step away from social media and away from where you get your news and you Go to kingdom, the kingdom of God. You'll discover that God has made it available a download that you need to click right now to get into your life that is unshakable. The unshakable kingdom of God is available to you right now. It's available in this moment. And this is, this is what I want you to think about, pivoting during the shaking and remembering who you are. You are a child of God that receives hope from another world. I don't get my hope from anything in the United States of America, Europe, Africa, Uh, Asia, I don't get my help from Australia New Zealand or from the North Pole. My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. I'm not waiting for people to get it together in D.C. I'm not waiting for people to get it together in St. Paul at the State House. I'm not waiting for our governor. I'm going to pray for my governor, but I'm not waiting for that to get my peace. My peace comes from another world. It doesn't come from this place. So, church, why are we looking for our help in other natural, shakeable places? Our help comes from him. Hmm. You got people in church with me now, and I'm ready to preach up on you just because you're pulling it out of me. Friends, I'm telling you, we receive it. But how do we receive it? I want you to go back to that verse because it tells you how to receive it. It says, let us be thankful. Let us be. Say it Thankful. Say thankful. Thankful. There's got to be gratitude in our heart. Okay? Be thankful and please God. Okay? By what? Worshiping him with holy fear and awe. For our God is a devouring fire. Did you realize how important worship is in this hour of confusion? Worship shifts our attention and the eyes of our heart off of our own victimhood or worry, off of the terror by night or the things that are around us, and worship gets our eyes back on Jesus. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. We turn our eyes to Jesus, and even while we're singing, and we get our attention on the one who was and is and is to come, something is released in us. It's called the unshakable kingdom of God. We go up with our praise and the download comes back into our souls. Listen, the most dangerous thing in an hour that we're in right now where people are uncertain about how to worship and not to worship and how to sing and not to sing and should I go to church or should I not to go to church, don't let that rob your praise, baby. Because when you begin to worship the Lord, something changes in the atmosphere, the atmosphere of your heart. Faith rises as you remember, I am not my own. I was bought with a price. Jesus is with me. He is in me. The same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead also is with me. I can handle any and every circumstance. I can handle it because He's with me. That happens on the other side of worship. Come on, somebody! It's not just sitting there passively waiting for some God, some update to come on at some random time. No, you can worship on Monday. You can worship on Tuesday. And and it's even better when you worship with somebody else, when you worship with your sisters and brothers, when parents worship with their children in the home, when people are worshiping together, where two or three are gathered together, there's a whole nother kind of power that comes. Then, at the other side of the worship, you're able to say to this mountain, be moved, and it will be moved. It will be moved. For moving mountains... In your prayer, we have to be in agreement with what God is saying. It's not just telling him what we want. That's where the humility and the awe comes in, for he's a consuming fire. Our responsibility is to follow his voice, not the voices of everybody else out there, not just your favorite news source. Not just the books that you've been reading for information, even in the last few weeks, on social and racial injustice. Those are all good information. But friends, they don't know it all either. At the end of the day, you better be checking in with the throne room. If you want your prayers to move anywhere. I love what Ecclesiastes says in Ecclesiastes chapter 8. In my search for wisdom and in my observation of people's burdens here on earth, I discovered that there is a ceaseless activity day and night. I realize that no one can discover everything God is doing under the sun. Not even the wisest people discover everything, no matter what they claim. Isn't that powerful? I think that there has to be a a moment where we do do our research and we do do study and we do listen to people, but we didn't learn everything from everybody in, in that conversation. What we need to do is turn now and go, God, this is what I'm hearing. This is what I'm thinking. What do you think? And learning to lean into what the power of the Holy Spirit. sees. See, agreement requires the Spirit of God moving in real time in our life. We have to pray in the Spirit so that God can download unshakable stuff. Romans chapter 8, Paul says it this way. He says, and the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for. But the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. And the Father who knows all hearts knows what the Spirit is saying. For the Spirit pleads for us, for us believers in harmony with God's own will. Say that last part with me. In harmony with God's own will. And in other words, we, our prayers have got to be in harmony with, think of that symphony, that orchestra, It's got to be in sync with the conductor, or we're praying weird sounds, and it's not getting movement. So we have to yield to what God is saying and leading us to do. Pastor Emily, our kids pastor in Spring Lake Park, as well as uh, our our kids pastors in our other locations, Cherise and Maple Grove and Megan up in Elk River. They, they do something with our K-5 through five kids, and manual kids. In fact, I'm so thankful. In fact, give it up for all of our kids' team. They, they're just giving them their best right now. And we're looking forward to the day when we can have kids' ministry on our campuses again and, and families can return to our campuses in a safe way. We're excited about that. One of the things we've done over the years, though, is uh, we've taught the, the kids that they can hear the Spirit's voice. They can listen. And uh, Pastor Emily says, we'll stop. And we'll wait about 20 seconds. We'll just tell the kids, hey, listen to the Holy Spirit. What is he saying? And then we'll ask anybody here, hear something from the Spirit? And they'll raise their hands, and little kids will say it. You know what? Such as a child, right? We got to become like a child again, where it's simple, and we're just simply saying, what is the Spirit saying to me today? Let me ask you, church, what is the Spirit saying to you? I know what various news networks are saying to you, I know what other things are out there, but I don't, that ain't, that's that's shakable stuff. I want to know, what are you hearing from the Spirit of God in your story? What are you listening to? Have you paused to listen? Because if you pause to listen, read the Word, listen to the voice of the Spirit, God's Spirit will speak to you. And if you're listening to the Spirit, what is He telling you? Because that's what you need to follow. And it might be different than what everybody else is doing, because not everybody else is listening to the Spirit, but you and I can do that, and that's where we receive the unshakable kingdom of God. Church... In this impossible hour of division in our nation, the church is God's plan. We must turn to Jesus who knows how to make us one. He alone knows how to do this and we must have Jesus make his home in our hearts. We need to make sure that what's going on in our heart, Jesus is at the core. And this is how Paul talked about it in Ephesians chapter 3 verse 14. He says, "When I think of All of this, I fall to my knees and I pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide and how long and how high and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Listen. When Jesus is in your heart and you are focusing on him, your source of strength is from Jesus and he is the living word of God and you're following the voice of the spirit, something also happens in you. Roots grow down. You have stability built into your story. So when things change around you, it doesn't change in you. You have an ability to have peace in the middle of a storm. And when the storms rage, you will not be moved because the roots go down deep and they are solid and they help you in a season like this. And we have the capacity to listen. And he brings his love, his unshakable love into our heart. And this is why we talk about in the the church, it's a core value of ours, that we be committed to spiritual relationships. It matters that you gather as a church. Right now, we're gathering across uh, Emmanuel at home on our online platforms as well as on each campus, but we need each other. We need one another because we are essential to keep our lives connected and growing together. And then his love moves in. And I'm gonna tell you today, there is gonna be a fight for us to be unified. You see, the enemy would love nothing more than to have division. And division is nothing more than division. It's separating us from the vision God has for the church and what he has for your life. And so there's gonna be a fight. And Paul talks about that fight and leaning in to those things that draw us together in Ephesians chapter four. When he says this, therefore, I a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling, for you have been called by God. Turn to the person next to you and tell him, you've been called. You've been called. Always be humble and gentle. This is a challenge right now, isn't it? Be patient with each other. Woo! making allowance for each other's faults because of your what? Love. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the Spirit, binding yourselves together with peace, for there is one body, one Spirit, just as you've been called to one glorious hope for the future. There is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is over All in all and living through all I just believe that we've got to fight the spirit of the age the lawlessness of the age and lean in to remembering wait just because sister so-and-so over here doesn't see the world the way I do she's still my sister the thing we have in common we're both saved by the same blood of Jesus What do we have in common? We both trust in the word of God. What do we have in common? His love is at work in our hearts. Our minds are at odds and things are different there, but because we come up underneath the spirit of God, he has given me the ability to forgive my brother and my sister. He's given me the ability to stay in and to not pull away. The worst thing for the church to do is pull apart and away from each other in an hour when Jesus wants us to be one body. And Jesus is calling us to lean in and be who he wants us to be. And Friends, I'm gonna tie this all back together to where I started off with. Mountain moving, powerful prayers. It's important for us to see ourselves, whatever instrument we are in the orchestra, playing the tuba, the trombone, playing the violin, whatever it may be, we have to lean in and recognize we need each other and we're better together than we are alone. I want you to think about it. One horse has the ability to pull 9,000 pounds. You might think that two horses could pull 18,000 pounds. However, when they're harnessed together, they can pull 30,000 pounds over three times what either of them could do alone. You know what God is calling us to do? He's calling us to have prayer with horsepower. We're, we're to have the kind of prayer that we're not in this alone, and we're going to reject the things that pull us apart. And we're going to lean in and love one another, and we're going to pray powerful prayers simply because we're under Jesus. And Jesus does a miracle that the world doesn't understand. You see, in the world, everybody's at odds. Everybody is against each other there's so many differences it's hard to imagine one thing but that's the miracle of the church the church is the place where people from every walk of life can come together Every, every color of skin, every language category, every person with a different political bent, every person that sees the world differently, every socioeconomic status. I'm just telling you, when we all come to Jesus and he is reaching out to everyone on the planet. Jesus died for everyone. And when they come in and he makes this miracle called the church, he does a beautiful thing. He begins to lift up his baton and he begins to play. And there's a music that can be found in the church that cannot be found anywhere else. Can I get an amen to that? When we lean in and we do what he's calling us to do. Today, we're going to have communion. And uh, we're going to celebrate communion together. So if you have your cups, you can do this if you're at home and you need to go to your cupboard and get some cups out and some juice or uh, just some bread. It doesn't matter. You can pull what you got together. Something happened um, When Jesus was with his disciples, he had spent all this time with a group of people that were actually opposites. He had a a person that wanted to overthrow the government and somebody that worked for the government on his team. And uh, they had survived together because Jesus was at the center of that group of disciples. But he knew the day was coming that on the other side of the resurrection, that those same people needed to stay together. And without Jesus in the center, how are they going to do that? And he said, it's simple. I want you to remember and practice this thing we now call communion. And it's a practice that Jesus modeled for us that we can see in our lives. And by the way, if you do not yet have a relationship with Jesus, you can get to know him right now. You don't have to wait. You don't have to go through a class. You can surrender to Jesus right now. In fact, if you're in a place right now where you're like, I know I need to give my life to Christ or I need to come back to him, I wanna lead you in a simple prayer right now before we go on with communion. And if that's you, I want you to just pray this prayer with me. Say, Jesus, thank you for loving me so much that you came to the earth, that you died on the cross for my sin and then you rose from the dead and you're alive. Today, I surrender to you Please forgive me of my sin and make me new in Jesus' name, amen, 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 amen. And I just believe because we do this all the time every week that there are people coming back to faith in Jesus or trusting in Jesus for the first time. If you want going to take the next step, we've got some tools both on our social media platforms as well. As You can take your phone out and you can text the word Emmanuel to 313131 and I'll send you a quick link of what it means to follow Jesus. You can do that now or you can do it a little later. And I'd love you to stay on the journey. Thank you for listening to Emmanuel Today. To learn more about the many ministry opportunities we have throughout the week, be sure to check out emmanuelcc.org.